Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The radio home of the Buffalo Sabres, live from KeyBank Center. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. Here's your host, Brian Cozio. 4-1 Boston victorious. Brian Colesville here live at KeyBank Center on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. We have live locker room reaction. Down to the room we go. Paul Hamilton with Alex Tuck. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it, it bounces one way, bounces the other. and it's, it's no excuses. I mean, you do have to just try to bury your chances. And um, sometimes it's not going your way, but you just got to uh, bear it down and and just go back to work, and but not get frustrated. I think we, we let the frustration set in a little bit there during the second period, and uh, we started overthinking and started um, just not really uh, working for each other. Uh, I thought it was three, maybe four guys at a time, and uh, we got to have all five out there and all six out there working for each other, and it makes it a lot easier. We've done it before. We just just got to keep get back to it. Just got to do it. I know it's uh, after the break, and... Uh, you know what? Rust is off now. There's no more excuses going down. We got, I don't know how many games until bye week, and we're going to want to be uh, well above 500 uh, over the next 15 games or so. So um, it's a good stretch here coming in. We got a lot of home games coming up, especially in January. I think it's going to be huge for us to uh, try to make this a lot harder place to play in. Uh, it's a little too easy right now, and we have to take it upon ourselves and be better. Obviously, you missed Tage in this game. Uh, I, he was there this morning, and I, you know, for personal reasons, he didn't make the game. I don't know when you guys found out, but obviously, he didn't have a whole lot of time to process it. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I'm not going to speak on anything uh, in regards to him, but uh, he's a huge loss. Obviously, uh, I played with him a lot over the last few years, and uh, we had some really good chemistry. And, and losing him is is really tough. He's an irreplaceable guy, but we have that next man up mentality. I thought Josie came in and worked really hard. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Tate is a tough guy to miss. But, like I said, next man up, Joseph was ready. He was, um, he, he was in there. He worked hard. He, um, he was with Skinny and I. I thought we had a couple of good opportunities in the first and a couple of good shifts. But uh, I think as a whole 20-man unit, we got to be better. What's the key to not being predictable? It seems like the, the penalty kills are just looking for you guys to take shots from the flanks. But, you know, there's nothing really to keep them honest, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I just – I think, I think, like I said, we're double. We're overthinking everything. We're um, double touching pucks. I'm double touching on the goal line. I'm putting them out of guys' reach. Um, uh, we're shooting when we shouldn't. We're not shooting when we should. We're passing up good opportunities. We're not supporting each other, and it, it just kind of adds up. It's a snowball effect, and each guy has to, to look at one another and 
try to work for one another because this is five against four. I mean, we, we shouldn't be out there and getting out chance sometimes. Some power plays that PK gets more chances than us, and that's just not okay. I mean, we had one of the best power plays in the league last year, and we got to go back to it. But it's confidence, it's swagger, and we, we obviously don't have that right now. And we're going to work to get it back, back. So it's video, that's practice, that's you know just a mindset and mentality. What's the start? The, the start. I mean, you guys fell behind two nothing early again. I mean. Can you put your finger on what's happening early in games that you're always behind the eight ball, I guess? Um, you know, I thought we actually had a, a good first few shifts. And then we started um, kind of playing into them. We started bringing the puck back. I thought our forwards were um, not allowing our defensemen to have enough time with the puck. Uh, when breakouts were happening, we were trying to bring it back and instead of going up the ice with it and keeping their defensemen on their heels. And uh, it's just simple hockey. It's, it's coming off a break. It's um, just maybe got to chip a couple more pucks that you don't think you're probably not going to chip once you're really feeling it towards the end of the game. Uh, you're maybe taking the battle a little higher in your own zone and uh, maybe just trying to live to see another day instead of always trying to get a scoring chance each and every shift. And, you know, we don't want to sit back, but we want to go. We want, we want to go as a unit. We, I think we have one of, if not the most skilled team in the league here, and uh, we're not scoring goals right now uh, like we can. And um, we just got to get back to working and uh, for one another, a little bit more support, a little bit more swagger, and we'll be better. Really boils down to confidence. Is that all, is that all it is? It's a lot of different things. I think you got to uh, – it's a mentality, not only just – I mean, it's obviously confidence, but there's a couple things we got to clean up, I think, um, work ethic-wise. and. Um, Strategy-wise, too, that's uh, obviously not working. Uh, we're probably going to be continuing to switch around some personnel, or just try to get the personnel we have right now, just to be more accustomed to one another. It has been a lot of guys moving in and out of spots, in and out of the lineup, and uh, we're getting Quinter. We had Quinter back, and he's only been in here for a couple couple games. And to see him in a power play, it's really good, and he's a huge asset for us. And so we just got to get a little bit more reps. I think for, uh, obviously coming off the break and not getting any practice, you're going to be a little sloppy, especially special teams. So. Um, yeah, no, we just got to be better. Alex Tuck on the pregame or postgame. Brian, back to you. Okay, Paul, thank you very much. Alex Tuck addressing uh, a lot of things there, including the power play, which we know a big struggle tonight. The Sabres had some glorious opportunities to keep it a game or get themselves in a game. They go 0 for 5, but had multiple stretches of different odd man rushes. Back to the room. Eric Johnson, the goal scorer. Here he is with Paul. Eric, am I oversimplifying this, or is it basically boiled down to special teams tonight, or was, is it more than that? Exactly what I was going to tell you. Well, no matter what your question was, special teams, we gave up three goals on the penalty kill, didn't convert on the power play, even 5-on-5. Uh, five five. Bottom line, special teams, uh, Achilles heel for us tonight. What was the biggest thing? You're part of the penalty kill. Uh, what was the biggest thing as far as the penalty kill went? Well, the first one, um, we tried to cut the play behind the net. They made a good play in front vacated in that front uh second one unfortunate off my foot third one off the end boards uh after they broke pressure and, and made a good play but you know for the most part it was good it was just um you know vacate a dangerous area of the ice in the first one second one what can you do it goes off a foot third one um you know not great but um bottom line of special teams no doubt it seemed like when you guys got your chances there were a lot why good chances that went wide or over the top of the net. It seems like you maybe, I don't know if you guys were being a little too fine or, I mean, your shot went in the net, but it seemed like a lot of good chances went wide or over the top. Uh, you're right again. I think um, we've been like that all year. We look for the perfect shot, maybe the perfect play too often, and 
sometimes the plays right in front of us take the easy shot sometimes I think we overcomplicate it and uh, you know that's for sure a factor and um, you know another uh, another thing of emphasis that we kind of got to work on and clean up I mean it's tough when you start the other team's breakout and you shoot wide and bring things around the boards and we've done that far too much not only tonight but I think on the year two I mean um, we want to look for the pretty play I think too often kind of the snowball effect of overpassing how do you think you can not just you but the team can break out of that psyche when it just keeps happening well I mean um, look where we are it, it hasn't worked so far so why not why not change it up I think uh, you know when you're struggling um, sometimes simplicity is the key and um, we have a young skilled team in here that sometimes um, we want to look for the perfect play and sometimes that's just not the play to, to make but um you know, sometimes that comes with experience and uh, going through things like this. But um, you know, we got to snap out of it. I know it's been a problem, and you never want to get down two nothing, but especially against this hockey club. I mean, as good as they are, two nothing, it, it, it just seems like a huge hole to get out of, doesn't it? It does. I mean, uh, and it's listen, it's a good hockey team, but they're experienced too. They they know what it takes to get it done, and uh, that showed uh, in spades throughout the night tonight. I think um, you know there wasn't a big moment in the game where it felt like um, they were in danger of losing the lead. Um, they sustained uh, pressure when they needed to, they scored when they needed to, and um, they capitalized on their chances, especially on their power play. Like I said, that was the difference. Can you put your finger on why you guys so often fall behind early in games? No, I, I, I mean, if we, if we knew we'd do it. Um, sometimes that just happens. I've been on teams where that's happened in the past before. Um, I've been on teams where um, we've been up in games uh, early. It's that's just I don't know, kind of the the theme this year. It seems that um, we're playing from behind a lot, especially at home, and it's it's tough to play catch up in this league, uh, no matter what, especially when you're behind the eight ball like that. Thank you, Eric. Thanks. Eric Johnson on the post game. Brian, back to you. All right, Paul. Thank you very much. As we bring it back up here to the press box, Johnson's Eric Johnson getting Buffalo's lone goal, five eleven into the third period. Uh, that wraps up the report from the Sabres dressing room. Our blue and gold locker room report brought to you by Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center. Early detection of cancer is our goal. Get in the game at roswellpark.org slash WGR. 4-1 Boston, the final here. Thanks for listening to the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show live here from the press box at Keybank Center. Uh, we will get Paul Hamilton's take coming up in just a little bit. Uh, also, Don Granado's postgame comments, highlights, stats, scores, your phone calls all coming up here. Uh, from KeyBank Center. But at this time, we're going to say goodnight to all of our local affiliate stations. If you want to keep listening to the postgame, go to WGR550.com, or you can listen in on the Odyssey app. And for all of you on WGR, thanks for listening. we got lots more of the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame coming up. 4-1 Bruins beat the Sabres. Buffalo's next game Saturday against Columbus at 5 o'clock. I'm Brian Colziel. We'll take a timeout here from downtown Buffalo. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. come to center and this is DeBrusque for Marchand. Back to DeBrusque. He's got one power play goal in the air. Centers it right in front to Coyle and he scores. Put that one bar down. His third power play goal of the year for Coyle and it's 2-0 Boston.
Dan Dunleavy there on the call, 13.42 into the first period. That's all Boston would need. Charlie Coyle's first of two put Boston up 2 to nothing on the power play. That's your game winner. The NOCO play of the game right there, brought to you by NOCO, the official natural gas and electric supplier to the Buffalo Sabres. As we welcome you back here to the press box at KeyBank Center, I'm Brian Colziel. This is the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Visit your local Upstate Honda Dealers today. 4-1, Boston defeats Buffalo. Uh, the the Sabre power play tonight is definitely going to be a conversation point for Welcome back. The Sabres hosting. We have some you know real, real issues for them getting shots to the net. A lot of sticks in the way, a lot of bodies in the way. The Bruins were very, uh, I'd say, aggressive in terms of playing out wide. We know Buffalo's power play a lot of times tries to set up that one-timer. Um, we saw, obviously, a power play without Tage Thompson tonight. He was out due to personal reasons. Um, that had a piece of it, I'm sure. Uh, but the Sabre power play struggling is not a new story and has doesn't have anything uh, necessarily to be all of a sudden be because of this because of Tage Thompson missing one game. Um, it is going to be uh, – it has been a story all season long. It hasn't been good, essentially, from the start of the season to now. And a big reason why the Sabres, if you said, you know, name some reasons why the Sabres are in the standings where they are right now as we get almost through three full months of the season, I would, you know, probably the the easy blanket statement to make is their inability to score at anywhere near the capacity that they did last year. And then maybe the 1B argument is that, oh, yeah, and the power play looks brutal. It really does. And, you know, they have had guys in and out, Tuck in and out, Thompson for a little bit there. You know, I'm not even going to count this one game. He was out tonight. Um, But Skinner a little here and there. But for the most part, like, you know, Jack Quinn isn't a regular power play one guy. Uh, He was the one that was out consistently throughout this. It's been bad for the majority of the season. For the the season, I think that's easy to say so far here as the Sabres are playing their 36th game tonight. And, yes, I thought the Sabres had an amazing first minute of play in fact, you know, credit Middlestat, Greenway, and Benson. They came out. That first shift was dominating. They kept the puck on the Boston end the entire time, had a couple of good looks, and got a nice ovation from the crowd there just, you know, over a minute into the game. And I'm sitting here saying, all right, the Sabres came out with some jump here. Here we go. You know, there is maybe no rust. They're excited to be back on the ice playing after having three days off of hockey with no practices and no games. Uh, and then Boston does what they do. You know, as soon as the Sabres give them a little opening – no coverage after the Van Riemsdyk shot. Levi gets a toe on it, and it kicks out. And guess who's first to the puck? A Bruin, not a Sabre. Clifton just a little late getting there. And, you know, Lowry eventually puts it in for his third there. And the Bruins are up one to nothing. Even though previously, the, the previous four minutes, the Sabres were definitely the better team, had the majority of the possession time. But that's just kind of what this team does. They figure out ways to fall behind early in these games, and they don't have an answer for it. You know, you heard the interviews in the locker room there with Alex Tuck and Eric Johnson. They don't really know why they seem to be always falling behind. Uh, it's so cliche to sit here and say, well, the coach has to get them, quote, ready to play. Like, yes, he does. And so does Kyle Oposo, the captain. He has to get them ready to play. And guess what? Each individual has to get ready to play. Uh, and I don't think this is about film study um, or – some someone is not giving a rah-rah speech hard enough inside the room there. Like these are professional hockey players getting paid a handsy, a, a a really healthy amount of money here. Like 
it shouldn't take a uh, you know win one for the Gipper speech in be- you know before each game. It shouldn't take Kyle Oposo having to to rile you up or throw something in the room to get guys excited to play. Like you're professional hockey players, you play 82 of these. You can't do that before every game. It just, it would be so le- it would be so meaningless. So the fact that this group just can't figure out a way to get ready to start games over and over and over. And you would think they would be solely motivated enough by the fact that that's all fans and media are talking about after every game. These guys have got to be so sick of hearing Paul and Mike and Lance and the, you know, the media guys that are there all the time asking about it, that they would just do it just so they wouldn't have to answer the question anymore. 4-1 Bruins, Don Granato live. Anything from that team and- and apply it to your own team as far as the power play and the penalty kill? Yeah, I, I would say tonight, um, you know, the first, I, up until the first goal, first four minutes of pressure and, and uh, execution for us, you know, we, we had some grind to our game, uh, and we didn't have that consistently. We had it right out of the gate. We, we, we didn't have enough grind, and both special teams tonight, so... You can say what you, the obvious about the power play, but you know, we don't give up three penalty kill goals. It's a it's a tight game all the way through, three goals on the penalty kill, um, which has been which has been somewhat good, um, but it was the grind. It was it was not willing to grind enough through the course of that game, uh, and then you're going to have you're going to be challenged in any area uh, at that point, and that's what that's the case. When did you learn about Tage? Uh, just this early this afternoon. Is this something that could be a while, or is it just for this game? No, I think it's going to be just for today. Just for today. Don, I know injuries obviously have an impact on, on the power play, but you know, over the last, it's been a year now where the inconsistency has been an issue for you know both units. When you look at it, is the problem structural? Is it... What do you think it's going to take just to get consistency? Because, I mean, we know how important, you know, the special teams and power plays are. Tonight was was what I said fits a lot of it. Grind. Pucks to the net. Guys to the net. Um, you know, I do feel, uh, you know, Jack Jack Quinn is going to be a help with with that, with, with, with adding more to it. Um, but... Um, it obviously is, is not where we want it to be. It needs to be better, but I would say the grind factor is something that uh, we'll be bringing uh, more emphasis to. Do you get the sense that, that it, it's too predictable, especially with the with the top unit when everybody's looking for Tage? They sh- they're just looking at the flanks. We need to, we need to take bucks to the net better and from different areas. So if you want to call it too predictable, that's that's it's a way to say it. We need we need to do some things differently. Coach, speaking of injuries, the Sabres last season around this time was averaging about three and a half goals. This year, it's roughly around three. With all the injuries and having a rookie goaltender, what can the Sabres do as far as scoring to help out? You know, we, we want to play with pace. We didn't tonight. And like I mentioned, you factor in that compete. I talked tonight about grind. Uh, when when we do that and we can, we can establish our game, we didn't do that tonight. We didn't establish our game. Uh, when we did, it was just, just at the outset for a few minutes. Uh, and again, too many lulls. So I think the scoring will come uh, full, full bore when we can elevate the pace. And, you know, we've done that intermittently. Um, we have to do that consistently. 
Don, it seemed like many of your good scoring chances either went wide or over the top of the net. Is there any reasons for that that you can put your finger on? No, Paul. I mean, it's they're there. They're, they got looks and they missed the net. You know, I, I guess you'd have to. That'd be a question for them. I felt we didn't have enough of a shot mentality to begin with. So, possibly looking for another play before you shot and that little bit of hesitation, and um, now you're missing the net. I mean, that could be could be one component. But again, I just didn't think we were direct enough tonight. Um, and you know, we were in increments, but and those showed. You know, that's how you have to play for 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 as much as you can of 60 minutes, right? Um, and and uh, wasn't enough. Rasmus Dahlin, okay, he took a shot right at the end. Uh, he seems to be okay, yeah. How he, and, he's a, and, he's, and he's an ultra competitor, which you can see. Um, so great job by him. How frustrating were the coverage issues on the first two goals? Uh, the first one was, uh, the second was a, first, second was a power play or penalty kill goal. The first one was um, we had we could have just chipped it right out to a guy slashing across, and we didn't. We, we went back with it off our feet. Uh, and then um, you know, a situation where you have that turnover, as we talked about, it's you, you have a chance to defend, and we chased after the turnover. We, 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 can't, we went out of position uh, when we should have, had, should have held our ground a little bit more. So the first one, first penalty kill goal, and the second one of the game, uh, inside pass from outside. We, had, we actually had a decent penalty kill until then. Uh, and, and let a, a pass from behind the net come inside, which which shouldn't happen. The early deficits, a lot of it's just mental. Like the, you know, the first it goal is, it, goes in. It is now. It's it's a it's it's something now that you mentally have to just get over and, and move on. You got to move on fast, and you know you have opportunity the, the next day and the next day out, and you can't have drag from what uh, you didn't do or didn't get done. And you know that obviously is a challenge. Um, that uh, you got to move on quick, and and uh, obviously. Uh, with the, the with gaining the experience of what you had, but you got to move on mentally quick. How much, how much luck I mean, you could. I'm sure guys didn't feel good, uh, you know, on both sides of the puck tonight. Uh, they didn't feel like themselves. So, I mean, who knows? But but regardless, you, you know, we want we want a lot more intent there and attack there. You, you, again, you saw in spurts. Um, you know, we we there's urgency when you pull the goalie at the end of the game. You got an open net. We saw more urgency because of that. We need to see more urgency before that. And um, so, you know, yeah, you miss nets, you whatever. You have a three-day layoff, but it, you know, you can still we could still have played with more urgency through the course of the game. Coach, there's a lot of time left in the season, but to make this team a contender, what is the things that need to change the most? As far as this team is concerned right now, we need to play with pace and we need to string as much, uh, you know, like I said, willingness to grind and direct game, direct over the line to the net, shot to the net, track a rebound. Very, we play direct and with pace. The power play, again, just to circle back on that, you're talking about taking a look at everything. What about, what are your thoughts in general about how they've been drawn up in terms of? Uh, getting production. We we've had personnel that's coming back into the lineup, obviously, um, and and we'll look at that. And, and, and there needs to be personnel changes and, and uh, different looks at that. Again, we've talked a lot about even you know re, re, refocusing on strategy per se. Um, 
mentioned to Paul, more of a shot mentality, more of an attack mentality, more of a direct, uh, direct to the net mentality. So we've we've began discussions on that and that process. I think it's it's a process that's underway. Tom, as, as a head coach, when you do have a power play that's struggling, you know your expertise forwards power play. Do you get more involved? You know, especially when when you do have a power play that's, that's yeah. At, that's at this later. at this point, yes, uh, because of that, because we want we want more and and, and we need more. So yeah, it, it, you shift obviously is a you know you. Those are things that are delegated through staff, and you know, at certain points you need more manpower on it, and I think that's where we're at. Coach, what did you see different from Boston this uh, go-round than the last go-round when it was in Boston? You know, not, nothing really different from them. They're very consistent. Um, and, uh, again, we, when we played there, we played with such a high level of urgency that, uh, that we, we didn't have tonight, and that's the difference. The difference was us tonight. Tonight, um, obviously, mistakes happen at lightning speed. But is there any desire for maybe more situational awareness, especially down low in the crease? You know, you'd, you'd love to not have a guy in the crease. So, you know, that's probably where the where the mistake was. But uh, you know, as you mentioned, things happen split second. Um, you know, and, and bad bad breaks happen. You have to overcome them. So, we didn't overcome them. Okay, that is Sabres head coach Don Granato following the 4-1 to loss to the Boston Bruins as we bring it back up from the media room to the press box here at KeyBank Center on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Sabres fall 4-1. They'll be home Saturday for Columbus at 5 o'clock. We'll have the pregame at 4 uh, right here uh, on our flagship station, WGR. As uh, you're listening on your drive home from the game, your drive home brought to you by Paddock Chevrolet with you for the extra mile. Uh, okay, a couple of things from Don Granado there. First of all, we know fans, you know, the power play is blowing up on Twitter with thoughts on what to do with the power play. Don Granado said there toward the end, he thinks, you know, he said he's going to be more involved in the power play discussion and the strategy. They're normally delegated through the assistants and the staff, but he'll get more involved as it's in need of improvement. Well, he has to do something. I mean, he's the head coach of this team. He's watching what has to be a, a, a power play that just looks like it's lost, it's out of sync. The passing is terrible. The shooting decisions are terrible. Um, you know, we spoke with Marty Baron during the intermission. We're actually going to play that at the end of the postgame show. He had some really interesting thoughts on why the Sabres power play is not working. So I, I know you may have missed Marty tonight with the game on TNT. No Sabres uh, television broadcast. But uh, if, you were, if you're at the game driving home uh, or maybe you watched it elsewhere and you're on your car going back home tonight, um, stay, stay tuned toward the end of the postgame. We're going to have Marty Baron's thoughts uh, when he joined me during intermission on what he thinks is ailing the Sabres power play right now but um, I mean you know the reaction from fans are obviously is you know what you'd expect it to be like you know here we are again same comments same thing over and over again this team has been so in a had such an inability this year to put together anything of consistency and I think this really sums it up here we are through now 36 games and we're almost at the halfway to the point of the season. We're five away. The Sabres have one, one winning streak of two games, of a, of a two-game win streak. On October 29th and November 1st, they won two in a row. They beat Colorado on the 29th here at home, and then they went to Philadelphia to start November, and they won that game by a, uh, by a score 
of let's see that one. It was the four nothing shutout to Colorado, and then they won five to two in Philadelphia. They have not won two in a row at any other point in the season. So obviously there hasn't been a three-game win streak or a four-game win streak at all. Now, the losing streaks, they opened the season with two losses that were not good. So there was a two-game losing streak there. They've had losing streaks of three, four, two, and two throughout the course of the season, and then just another two here right now, losing to the Rangers in overtime, losing to the Bruins. Any loss I'm counting as a loss, uh, regardless of how it uh, finishes out, whether it's an OT loss or a shootout loss, uh, a loss is a loss here. But only one time have they put together two wins in a row. And I think that really, really shows like wh- why they are where they are in the standings here. There is zero consistency. And within these games, you can talk about, well, the power play. Well, there's injuries. Well, you know, Tage Thompson's, you know, a guy that had, what, 47 goals last year? Dylan Cousins was 30. Alex Tuck was in the 30. I mean, these guys were, you know, unbelievable. Skinner was in the 30s. Um, And these guys are on pace for way down, way down from where (laughs) they normally have been. I mean, it is, it's not good for sure. And, you know, the biggest question coming into this season for me was Kevin Adams' decision to roll the dice with the goalies. And I still think while carrying three, was a is a bad decision and that might change overnight. The Sabers, you know, as of 12:01, this is supposed to be uh, the the roster freeze is over. So we may see a move upcoming here uh, when you wake up tomorrow morning, uh, which may involve Eric Comrie. That's, Marty Baron also commented on the goalies. We'll have that too. Um, so you may have one less goalie here. However, the goaltending has actually not been the reason why the Sabers are playing poorly. If you would have said. Here's their record. I would have said, well, the goaltending thing was a mess. Levi wasn't ready. Lukanen's still not showing he's an NHL goal. No. Lukanen's actually had his best hockey as a Sabre. And Levi, especially after coming back from Rochester with that short stint, has, I think, played pretty well. Tonight, while the game was, I guess if you want to call it still a game, monster save on Marchand, monster save on Pasternak, one-on-one. He stops them both against two of the best in the NHL. So, I mean, he's playing capable hockey. Uh, the Sabres just, on the other end, just are continuing to just kill themselves by not finishing opportunities they get. They have to be leading the league in terms of posts hit. They seem to be doing that three to four or five times a game. And that inconsistency is just, you know, and, oh, by the way, the home record is trending towards being brutal again. So, we you know, we can throw that in there with the fact that they still have only just one time one more than one game consecutively. Just that one two-game win streak. That's it. Okay, let's go down to the room here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show with Paul Hamilton following the 4-1 Boston win. Jeez, Paul, lots to get to here, I guess, but uh, let's start with the power play. 0-4-5. They had a 4-on-3, then a, another 4-on-3, then a 5-on-3, then a 5-on-4 stretch in the second. Couldn't score. And then they had a full four minutes with Marchand in the box in the first. And that was a pretty ugly four minutes to watch, too, here. Uh, I guess that's maybe the main storyline of tonight. Eric Johnson said it. Special teams was the Achilles heel tonight. Yeah, and they had the five on three for 27 seconds, and they killed it for Boston. All they did is pass it around the perimeter the whole time, all 27 seconds. And Boston didn't have to do a thing other than just defend and make sure to keep Buffalo to the outside. 
Buffalo never tried to shoot. They never tried to get anything inside. And they, by the time they were done, it was they had lost their five on three. And uh, and the thing is, the middle stat line went out there and had a really good first shift. And it looked like, okay, looks like the Sabres are up to it, just like they were, you know, two games before, Toronto game and the Ranger game. And you liked what you saw. But as soon as Boston scored, it's like it, the uh-oh came. And then when it's 2 nothing again, now you've given up two goals in the first period. Well, if it's somebody else, you might be able to recover from it. The game's over. The game was over in the first period. I'm sorry. You are not recovering against the Boston Bruins, as, as fragile as the Buffalo Sabres are, when they have a 2 nothing lead. They're just too good. With Swayman in goal, are you kidding me? Now, he's capable of giving up a bunch of goals, and he did that against Winnipeg in Winnipeg, but doesn't do it very often. And he's got some of the best numbers in the National Hockey League. So, really, you're going to score three goals on him? I don't think so. So, basically, the game's over before you even get out of the first period because you gave up two goals to a team that knows how to defend, knows how to play hockey. And, yeah, the Sabres looked rusty in every aspect of the game once they get got past – once Boston started scoring a couple of goals, Buffalo just that what we saw from the middle stat line and uh, after that was just out the window. And I, you know, I can't buy the. I understand they weren't on the ice for three days, but you know what? Neither were the Boston Bruins, and they they traveled this morning. They were up early, and came. It's not a long flight, and you know they had day rooms and they get to you know they had the morning skate and then went to their day room. So it wasn't hard travel. But they still had to be up and leave Boston probably 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock at the latest, probably 8.30. Uh, so they had to be up early, drive to the airport in rush hour, Boston rush hour. Now it's not as bad in, in when it's, uh, you know, New Year's week, but still it's not easy. And uh, so, you know, I, I understand that you, you weren't on the ice for three days, but neither were the Boston Bruins, and they seemed just fine. Paul, right toward the end of his press conference, too, Don Granato was asked just about his involvement in the power play, and he said, you know, that he is planning to get more involved here. Um, from from what you're able to see at practice, can you maybe just take us through, Paul? Like, what wh- what is the Sabre power play looking like in practice? Like, is is Matt Ellis the one that kind of runs it? Like, I guess, what can you give us a little insight on what you're seeing from the power play, not on game day? The head coach talks to the, his staff about what is a good power play and what is a good penalty kill. And then the head coach decides how they are going to do it strategically. And then the, the assistant coaches that are assigned a power play or a penalty kill will coach what the head coach wants done. They all have input, but in the end, the head coach tells them the way he wants it played. I think the head coach here, what Don Granato said, is going to get more involved now. You know, that uh, maybe he'll start in practice actually coaching the power play and taking it over as far as that goes. But it's not like Matt Ellis develops. It's not special teams coach like you see in the NFL. It's Mm -hmm. not that Matt Ellis sits down, develops a power play, and it's all on him. He is coaching the head coach's power play that they all have input in before they decide how they want it to go. Same with the penalty kill. All right, they all sit down. They decide how they would like to kill penalties, what the strategies are going to be. The head coach has the final say in the way it's going to be, and then it's coached that way. 
you know, so that's that's the way it's done as far as that. But it sounds like, you know, where Matt Ellis during you know Don Granado was observing during practice power plays, and uh, and penalty kills, but uh, it sounds like he's going to be more involved than more than just observing. Paul, we're going to finish postgame with replaying my discussion with Marty Baron during the intermission. We spent the bulk of it talking about the power play, um, you know, and from his perspective, from the goalie. He said that he thinks the Sabres' power play is easy to defend because how they hold on to the puck long and they actually will they will take the puck with them. And he says it's just easy for us to slide. He goes, it's easy for me as a goalie to be able to see that. Uh, do you kind of agree with where he's going with that? Where I feel it's easy, and maybe this is what he meant, is yeah. now today they didn't have Tage Thompson. It sounds like they will have him on Saturday. But teams – after last year, they just slide to Tage Thompson. You know you're not going to get a shot from the right circle at all. Darlene's trying to shoot more from the top. But, you know, until other teams have to respect the top and the other circle, that shots are going to come from everywhere and not just one-timers from Tage Thompson, the goalies and the penalty kill is just, are just going to slide to Tage Thompson. And until the Sabres can get other teams to respect that, it's just not going to work. And uh, I'm not a real fan of the let's drop it back, the Mike Babcock thing that everybody does, and let's drop it back and and have guys coming up and let them get it in. It just doesn't seem like they're very good in their entries. Um, They don't have a shot mentality normally. It's just, you know, one extra pass. I I saw it again tonight. There was at least twice where I remember Peyton Krebs had a wide open shot. I don't believe I don't remember if it was a power play or not. But instead of taking that wide open shot coming through the left circle, he tried to pass it to a covered guy. Well, guess what? <laughs> they didn't even get a, a shot or anything else. Out go the Bruins. You know, and, and they just do way too much of that. And uh, it's... It's just ridiculous that and, – and then you get a couple of decent games, as I said in the pregame, even if the Sabres were in first place in the division. If, if you have Toronto at home and the New York Rangers on the road and you get three out of four points, I think you're totally satisfied with that. And they played well in doing that. But they can't seem to, you know, all right, build on that. It's like, okay, you did well. You played well. You got three out of four points. You actually – had golden opportunities to win the overtime game and take four out of four. You played well in both games, and then you come out and lay another egg. And that's just – that's this season in a capsule. And, um, you know, I, I know that Don Granato wants them to be more direct, and they certainly were not that tonight. And they, when they are going to be more direct, they will be more dangerous offensively like they were for two games. I still think you, it doesn't matter. I mean, Brian, look at last year. They were near the top of the league in goal scoring. Their power play for a lot of the season was near the top of the league. They were direct. They could score goals. And there were a lot of games that were fun to watch. But what did it get them? They didn't make the playoffs. They didn't win anything. So my question is, why are we going back to that? It didn't work. It worked better than what we're looking at now, for sure. Mm -hmm. But until this team 
improves itself defensively and still is able to – the Toronto game is a perfect example. Now, you're not going to score nine goals. You're not going to go up against bad goaltending like that all the time. But that was perfect the way they defended, turned that into offense. I will use um, Rasmus Dahlin's words, had swagger with the puck and had confidence that you could do it. But it all stemmed from defending well. The Leafs were the, came in the second-highest scoring team in the NHL. They had 15 shots after two periods. The number one goal scorer in the NHL had one shot from the boards. That So really, yes, they were direct. They were fast. But also it all came from defending well. And just this... You know, this hockey, all right, well, let's get back to what we do well. They, yeah, they did that well last year, but didn't win anything with it. So I'm very puzzled with why you want to return to something that you didn't win with. You didn't even make the playoffs. And that kind of hockey, maybe you will sneak into the playoffs. You're never, ever going to win a championship playing like that. You have to be better defensively than they were last year or are this year. So it has to be hand-in-hand. Hand. It can't just be, well, let's, let's just go crazy on the offense and let the cards fall where they may. Paul Hamilton here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. It was a 4-1 Boston victory. The Sabres losing their 22nd game of the season here now through game 36. Okay, Paul, Columbus is up next here Saturday. They, of course, gave up nine to the Blue Jackets in maybe the low moment of the season uh, just last here on Tuesday night here. Um, obviously, the Sabres won't need to be reminded of that game, but, um, man, does it feel like they I, – I won't even say must win, but, it, man, do they feel like they have to get this one on Saturday uh, or this season could be spiraling out of control in the wrong direction very fast. Well, it's been spiraling in the wrong direction all season. Um, let's be honest. It could yeah. just get worse, and it would also – I mean, you've got to have some pride. And you have to have some pride in what happened last time the Columbus Blue Jackets were here and come out with your best game. I mean, you, you just can't. How, how can you not go out there and be angry about what happened as, as competitors? So that has to change. And anybody thinking, well, yeah, but then Ottawa's going to be an easy game. Yeah, did Toronto think that too when they had a 2 nothing lead at home against Ottawa tonight and lost 4-2? to so, uh, yeah, and uh, so, you know, don't think that that's just going to be a cakewalk going in there. If they play like they did tonight, they probably lose to Ottawa. So, uh, you know, it's, it's it, I mean, this is a fragile team, and when things go wrong like they did tonight, they just snowball. Paul, thank you for your work tonight. Great job as always, and uh, we'll talk here Saturday uh, with the Blue Jackets in town. Okay, sounds good. Okay, great. Paul Hamilton, thank you very much for your work tonight here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. 4-1 Boston, Columbus, Saturday at 5. And then just a programming note for all of you listening in Buffalo, uh, the Ottawa game on New Year's Eve is a 6 o'clock game and pregame at 5. Uh, that game will be on News Radio 930 WBEN uh, due to the Bills-Patriots game uh, on Sunday and our obviously our coverage going there with the importance of that Bills-Patriots game and its playoff implications. Uh, the Sabres that night uh, will flip over to our sister station, News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, also, Don Granato says that he does expect Tage Thompson to be back after missing this game due to personal reasons, so that is good news. Um, and Rasmus Dahlin, he said, is okay. He blocked a shot in the final minute, kind of limped a little there, 
but uh, he said he expects Darlene to be okay. So uh, we'll make that our injury report brought to you by Losi and Ganji, Buffalo's workers' compensation and personal injury attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. A couple more final stats here now brought to you by Level Financial Advisors, helping you retire better. Visit levelfa.com. The story of the night's the special team, Sabres 0 of 5. And, again, all those different combinations of four-on-threes, five-on-threes, five-on-fours, they could not get a goal. Uh, and Boston, well, they won it there. They go three of five tonight uh, on the power play. The final shot totals are 26-25 Buffalo. Swayman gets the win with 25 saves. Levi the loss, 21 saves. Swayman is star three. DeBrusque with a couple of assists, star number two. And Charlie Coyle, star number one, with two goals, both on the power play, including the game winner. And Charlie Coyle tonight is our electric player of the game. Brought to you by Town Ford. When you think Ford, think Town Ford. All right, we'll take a timeout here from KeyBank Center. When we come back on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame, we'll get Pat's check of the NHL night, get the scoreboard, we'll update you on the standings, and we also, again, are going to hear from Marty Baran. Interesting conversation from our intermission on the Sabres power play. We'll get his take on what he is seeing right now with a struggling unit for the Sabres. 4-1 Bruins. Thanks for listening. More of the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame coming up live at KeyBank Center. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for listening. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Shot that's up in the air and a goal saved there by McAvoy. That is great hand eye right there. He knocked that out of midair. Well, our save of the game tonight doesn't go to a goalie, it goes to Charlie McAvoy. Dylan Cousins with a golden opportunity in the third to try to maybe get Buffalo some life when they were down 4 1. He can't convert, and McAvoy there with our save of the game brought to you by your upstate Honda dealers. To see the exciting all-new Honda lineup, visit your local Upstate Honda dealer today. Brian Colziel back here on our Upstate Honda Dealers postgame show. Uh, still to come, we'll get you some tweets. You can give me your thoughts at Brian WGR. Uh, we'll also hear from Sabres goaltender, former Sabres goaltender Marty Baran coming up here. Uh, his thoughts on the Sabre power play and maybe what the Sabres and Kevin Adams will do with this roster move that uh, needs to be upcoming uh, with the uh, for roster freeze ending tonight at midnight. But the loss means not gaining any ground in the standings. We're going to check that in a moment, but we want to get uh, to the scoreboard here uh, coming up with Pat. Uh, a real, real busy night in the league with everybody having three days off for the Christmas break. Of course, the mandatory break on the 24th, 5th, and 6th, as it is every year. And then teams will come back and uh, play tonight, and that was the case for the majority of the league. All right, let's go around the league here. Here's Pat Malakar. Thanks, Brian. It's once again brought to you by Alex's Place in Batavia. Oh, man, now I want ribs. They've gone to the third period in Chicago where Connor Bedard has scored his 14th of the season, but the Blackhawks and the Jets are tied at one apiece. Also early in the third period, the Avalanche doubling up the Coyotes 4-2. Nathan McKinnon is 19th. Miko Rantanen is 18th for Colorado in that contest. Nazem Kadri is 9th. Kyler Yamamoto is 7th. Flames and Kraken tied 1-1. Two minutes to go in the second period. Also in the second in Anaheim, the Ducks scoring four times in the opening period lead Vegas 4-0 while they've gone to the second in L.A. Kings 2-1 leaders over the Sharks. Ottawa fell behind 2-0 to Montreal or to, to Toronto excuse me, early tonight but scored two in the second, two in the third, a 4-2 victory for the Senators in that contest while the Panthers 3-2 winners over Tampa Bay. Former Sabre Sam Reinhart, two goals including his 20th of the season. 
in overtime. The Devils defeat the Blue Jackets 4-3, while the Rangers 5-1 winners over the Capitals. It was the Penguins 7-0 winners over the Islanders, while Chris Letang had five assists in the second period. He became the first defenseman in NHL history to have five assists in any single period. The only other player to do it nearly 40 years ago, playing for Winnipeg at the time, Dale Howarchuk. Also tonight, the Blues 2-1 winners over the Stars. The Hurricanes defeat Nashville 5-2, and it was Minnesota with a 6-3 win over Detroit. And one note from the AHL, Brian, where the Americans fall to Syracuse tonight 3-1. All right, Pat, thank you. Let's get to the standings now, brought to you by Native Pride and Tall Chief Cigars. Stand tall with Native Pride. Well, Pat, an opportunity to maybe, again, push your way back into these standings. There's so many teams the Sabres are going to have to leapfrog if they're going to get into the wild card race only the senators and the blue jackets are below them in the standings and well that's your next two opponents so on paper i mean if you want an opportunity to try to get yourself i mean i spent some time talking about how they've only had one two-game win streak all season mm -hmm. if you want to get it going here the chance is there you've got columbus ottawa montreal and Pittsburgh. These are all four teams right now that are all struggling. They're all out of the playoffs right now. So on paper, the schedule maker is giving you a chance. And the one thing I've brought up before, and I'll bring it up again because it still remains relevant. Yes, you are six points better than Ottawa. They have six games in hand. They've only played 30 to your 36. That's updated now with these finals tonight. So they're going to make up those games at some point. You don't expect them to get 12 points a perfect 12 points out of those but they're most likely going to get some type of points so it's so important not only just to win those games win in regulation against a team like Ottawa but they're going to make up ground on you just by virtue of uh, it's almost uh, you almost have to so you look around Montreal's played three fewer games than the Sabres right now and are three points better those are points you've got to make up and we've seen Montreal walk away from this building uh, on the plus side of, uh, of victories uh, this year as well. So, yeah, it's it's a tough road to climb, but you've got to start just stacking up wins at some point and getting points. It was nice going into the break, getting three out of four, but you've got to keep following it up with more points and putting them in the bank. Yeah. You know, we we talked to Paul about the power play. Uh, he told us kind of what Don Granado's vision is and then the assistants doing this out. We talked to Marty Baroner in the intermission. We're going to have that interview coming up here. Uh, a lot of fans are obviously reacting to it here. So let's read a few tweets about the power play here. Um, you know, Granado saying, hey, I might be more involved here, up, you know, up, upcoming here with this power play discussion and strategy. Uh, Tom says, way to be proactive out there. Where's the sense of urgency? Um, Falls Native says, you know, now he realizes the power play isn't any good. Um Checkham says, it's almost January 1st. Why is this the reaction now? Uh, it, you know, Ryan says it took him to game 36. That should be fireable. Now, doesn't mean that he hasn't been getting more involved. He was asked the question tonight. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, we, we, can, we can put this on, a, on any sport. The manager of the baseball team, if, it's, if, the, if the pitchers aren't pitching well, yes, the pitching coach works with them. Mm -hmm. Or the hitting isn't as good. The hitting coach works with them. But the manager still ultimately is in charge, you know, and, you know, we know that with baseball. In the NFL, look at the Bills were, were really struggling on offense. Sean McDermott is still accountable for that in some sense. Now, he decided to change a coordinator in Ken Dorsey, and I think that's a piece, Pat, of maybe what fans are looking for. Like, hey, look, the offense wasn't doing what it needed to do. Sean McDermott did something about it. I, 
I think Sabre fans are looking for Don Granato to maybe follow suit in some sense, um, and maybe hockey doesn't quite directly right. have the same impact. Matt Ellis isn't calling plays on the headset to Rasmus Dahlin right. as he's as he's quarterback in his power play. It, it's a good analogy. It's yes. not apples to apples because you're, you're right. Now Joe Brady is actively calling in plays uh, before they happen. You've got you've got you've got a system. You've got players in practice. That's when you work on it. So I think to me, it, it, it's just that part of the bigger conversation we've had all year. Why? I guess if if we could pinpoint it, it'd be pretty easy to fix then. But why is the power play, which has the same players on it, save for for maybe one or two, whether all special teams, whether it's on on, on the penalty kill side as well? And Eric Johnson pointed out pretty qu- quickly, I thought in post game as well. Yeah, our power play wasn't good, but you also give up three shorthanded goals or three goals uh, to the other team on the power play. So that was a problem as well. So what what changed? Why isn't there that that chemistry, that not swagger, but that intensity that we've seen in the past when last year the puck was moving so quickly, cycling from, from player to player, and it wasn't just stagnant or the same player trying to move it around the whole time, like Marty Baran pointed out uh, you know, in the, in the second intermission tonight. We'll hear from him again. What changed? What is different? Now, could it just be that the lack of confidence because the rest of the game isn't going your way and you're behind by a couple of goals and nothing went in for you on that first power play, so you're kind of deflated? I don't have the answer, but to me, it's kind of everything we've been talking about, and it's encapsulated in those two-minute or four-minute spans. And I think all of these things that we're bringing up, um, grind and power play and um, finishing and this, if there's a blanket statement that I think can solve a lot of these problems, is that this the Saber team seems to be not able to handle adversity very well, not being able to handle deficit on the scoreboard very well. Um, a lot of this seems to be solvable by their engagement right away and the first goal. And it seems very cliche to say, Pat, but boy, have we seen this team when they score first, especially in this building, and the crowd is into it, and there's energy and there's buzz. They seem to be able to carry that through pretty well. I'm not saying it's 60 for 60 every night, but they seem to be able to carry it through pretty well. When they give up one early in this building, especially, they seem to be able to just not handle that well, regardless of how the rest of the game plays out, whether it's power play or penalty kill or effort or grind or what or getting shot mentality, all these sort of things. Like It just seems like that, that encompasses everything, that this team seems to be so fragile in that that first goal seems to like just set it like writes the script for the rest of the game and that's why you would have thought maybe you know, maybe some fans thought this that maybe the snowball would keep happening against Toronto because don't forget Sabre scored 30 seconds in against Columbus and then gave up seven in a row that's right but then they come back and answer the next game because you know you heard it from the locker room the players felt like they let their head coach down and and he he bore the brunt of the fans reaction and they didn't like that um, because they're the ones that weren't making the plays not that they were mad at the fans but that that Don Granado was the one that was taking a lot of uh, the 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 reaction from the fans they responded with nine goals the next game against their closest geographical rival and a team that they seemed to, to, to play well against in, in a building that had a lot of juice to it so why can't you kind of put those together in more than just one situation or if you get if you give up the first goal why is it so tough to come back because again last year 
it never felt like the Sabres were out of a game. They might be down by a goal or two, but they always were able to outscore a lot of their mistakes. And just this year, they're not able to. It's just plain and simple. They cannot outscore their mistakes. Yeah. I mean, here's, again, not to try to blanket everything, but to get, to add on to the starts point. Mm-hmm. We're almost at a 2-1 to ratio in first period goals. The Sabres have 26. Their opponents have 48 if you add in tonight. I mean, 26 times 2 is 52. We're almost at a 2-1 to ratio yeah. here. That's not good. I mean, a, when you have a small sample size, you can get to a high ratio quick. But we're through 36 games here. To be almost at a two, full 2-1 two ratio, at almost a double ratio here for the opposition versus yourself in the opening 20 minutes, that's extremely concerning. Right. If, th- if this conversation was happening around Thanksgiving, we would have said you still need more time to play out. You're nearly at the halfway point of the season now. Yeah. You're basically at the halfway point. You're five games away from it. So, yeah, th- this is a trend that has been there all season long. And you see teams like Boston. They just set up in the neutral zone, or at least they did tonight at certain points. That That is what – that's how teams have, have figured the Sabres out. They don't let them break through. And now, can you say that at some point you've got to bowl your way through? You've got to find a way to, to break through a lot of that – that, that trap in the neutral zone and get through that contact and, you know, kind of will yourself to it because that's kind of what you did in the past. They're just not doing that. And, and that to me is, is one of the big points of, you know, there's not whether they're, they're not, you know, forcing the issue on the other team. Yeah. So the first period scoring again, 26 for Buffalo, 48 for the opponent in terms of just the actual first goal out of the 36 games, the Sabres have scored first 14 of the 36 22 the opponent has so add that in to the first period scoring and right and you know. I, I, this is something we'd have to look at you know going into next game but how many of those were then preceded by another goal within a yes. minute and a half very very good point it's not necessarily a one goal deficit after one we've had that would be something that we could probably look up to get ready for uh, the next pregame is how many multiple goal deficits have we seen the sabers in um after one too many yeah for only 20 minutes, you know, it, we can't look up two goal losses here. We're talking about just two goal deficits after 20 minutes. I'm sure maybe that could be alarming too. Okay, thank you, Pat. Mm-hmm. All right, our tweets. Thank you for uh, chiming in. Our Serve Pro first response from the fans, brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy responds first and faster to any size disaster. Quick timeout here on our Upstate Honda Dealers post game. When we come back, we'll get you our hit of the game. And then uh, we'll have my conversation with Marty Baron. Good stuff on his thoughts on the power play and uh, maybe the upcoming roster move here from Kevin Adams that needs to be made. Uh, maybe when you wake up, you'll know what it is. All right, timeout here. Pat Malacarl, Paul Hamilton with us earlier. I'm Brian Colziel. More of the Upstate Honda Dealers post game coming up. Bruins win it 4-1. to one. This is the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. You're listening to the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. The puck comes to the near wall, and Greenway will lift it up towards the Bruins line. Good play there by Krebs as he absolutely shoved Weatherspoon to the ice with one hand. It almost got to the puck deep in the Boston zone. Peyton Krebs coming through right there with Dan Dunleavy on the call. Our Clinton Collision hit of the game. Clinton Collision, we are there when you need a repair. Welcome back here to the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. 4-1 Boston victorious. 
as the Sabres drop their second straight game after the OT loss in Manhattan against the Rangers on the 23rd. Uh, Buffalo not able to get any points tonight, a regulation loss to the Bruins tonight by a 4-1 score. The remainder of the 2023 portion of the schedule, Columbus is here on Saturday, 5 o'clock puck drop. We'll have pregame at 4. That game again in Buffalo will be on WGR on our normal flagship station. And then on Sunday, New Year's Eve, Sabres on the road in Ottawa for a 6 p.m. game, pregame at 5. That game, due to the Bills-Patriots coverage, uh, will be on our sister station, News Radio 930 WBEN. So Saturday at 5, Columbus WGR. Saturday, uh, that's Saturday night. And then Sunday night, 6 o'clock in Ottawa, uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. So hope you can be with us for both of those games. Uh, if you're going to the Bills game on Sunday... You can listen to the Sabres game on your way home. Uh, we'll have pregame at 5 and uh, puck drop at 6. That again on WBEN. Okay, we're going to leave you here tonight with my conversation with Marty Baran. This is occurring after the second period tonight uh, of this game against the Bruins. We, of course, asked Marty quite a bit about what he's seeing in the power play and good perspective from a goaltender uh, and also an upcoming roster move coming for the Sabres and GM Kevin Adams. So we get Marty's take on that as well. So here's the former Sabre netminder, Marty Baran, with me during the intermission from earlier tonight. Marty Baran joining us here from Sabres TV. Marty, thanks for uh, coming on. Hope you had a great Christmas. I'm always happy to replace Paul Hamilton for a segment <laughs> here. I think he's just, uh, they've got ice cream or something, which I was going to go to, but he probably cut the line. And he's enjoying that. I think he's going to save you one, he said. Okay, well, well thank you, Paul. We'll uh, chocolate, peanut butter would be great. <laughs> I agree. Same for all of us in here. Uh, Marty, well, it's 4 nothing against one of the best teams in the NHL here. So the prognosis is not great through 40 minutes for the Sabres. But uh, the storyline of this one, if we're going to start to pinpoint analysis, we've got to start with the Sabres' power play unit here. Four straight minutes in the first, and then here in the second, trying to come back. A, f a five, a, f a four on four, which turns into a four on three, and then another four on three, and then a five on four, a five on three, even in there for a little yep. bit. Regardless, it all just is not looking smooth right now. So we all know, like, no Tage Thompson, so that's going to leave a void on the power play. But the biggest thing for me is that when there is a void left by a player like Tage Thompson on the power play, you know, if the coach walks in and says, hey, guys, who wants to play on the power play tonight? Like, everybody would raise their hands, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, put me out there, coach. I want to make a difference. So you get a four-minute power play. Brad Marchand takes a two-minute cross-check penalty and then a two-minute unsportsmanlike conduct. It's one nothing Boston at that moment, and you get two shots on goal in four minutes, right? Six shots were blocked. Why? Because too, uh, you know, too easy to read. Like, they, they, they're not moving the puck quick enough, and then Boston is there blocking shots, so you're not getting anything. And then you get the four-on-three, as you just pointed out, and they're skating the puck around the ice. It's so easy as a goalie and as a defensive unit when players start to skate the puck around the zone because you can always readjust. The puck is not moving quick when you're skating. When you're passing it, I pass it to you, Brian. You give it back to me. I give it you know, to Pat. Pat gives it back to me. I give it back to you. All of a sudden... People get a little dizzy. They get a little bit, where's that puck going? And then lanes open up. But if I skate it where you are and you skate back to where I'm at, it's just too slow. And right now, that's kind of like the rut that they are on the power play is that it's it's not easy to create on the power play. They haven't had a lot of success on the power play. And now either they're overthinking it or they're trying to slow it down. Either way, it's just not clicking. They've got five shots on the power play tonight and they've got over seven and a half minutes of power play time like 
you should be getting a shot every 20, 30 seconds. And, and if you did that, you'd have 15 shots on the power play. You'd have probably a couple of goals right now, five shots. It just, it doesn't, it's not clicking the way that it should. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, save percentage-wise, you look at goaltenders, even a good one, every 15 shots, at least one is going in. So to get to your point there. One and a half. Yeah, if you're a one 90% and a half. guy, right. a 900 save percentage, and on the power play, usually it's probably going to dip a little bit because of the chances that you can create. Um, it's a one and a half goal for sure. And it makes a difference when it's a one nothing game or a two nothing game and you want to get back in it. All right. And our discussion right now, if maybe two have gone in, it fits four, two, we're obviously maybe having a different discussion. Okay. So the, the movement is slow. The defendability is easier as you're saying. So why isn't it moving faster? Is it lack of confidence? Is it lack of chemistry? Um, is it no Tage is really that severe of a difference, or maybe is it is it well, all of that? Look, yeah. no Tage could be a situation, but you got a four-minute power play, basically. So it's not like you get 45 seconds, and then you don't see the power play for a period and a half. And then you go back, and you're like, okay, we're back to drawing a new play. You were able to get on the ice 45 seconds. You get off, you get back on the ice, and that's when you should generate more, right? The four-on-three... A lot of coaches are going to tell you we don't practice four on three that often. Usually it's five on four. You don't see a lot of four on three. Right. But I can tell you this, like we're we're in December, late December now into January. You have to have a, a plan and a plan of action. You need to be able to lay it out there. Either, you, you know, we've seen coaches call a timeout and say, let's come to the board here. Let's look at the board and let's draw it out how we want it to be. And so, I mean, there's a lot of different factors. I think the confidence is just not there. The guys get on the ice and they just don't feel confident that they're making the right play. Even the shots that they've taken. You know, in the first period on the power play, I was actually standing right behind, you know, where the Zamboni is basically in the in the Boston zone and shots that are missing the net. It's almost like you're rushing the play. But then after that, since you're missing the net and since you're not creating, the confidence just goes right out the window. I got about 30 seconds left, Marty. Yep. I want to ask you just about the goaltending situation. The Sabres are going to have to make a roster move after this game here. Yep. We know still carrying three goalies. Just, Do you think a goalie move will be coming here and just, you know, with Levi's obviously success since he's come back from Rochester? Yeah, so it's at least one roster move. And Samgus right. Gergensen's coming back probably this weekend. You're going to need to make another Two. roster yep. move. So obviously, you know, it points out to the goaltending as you have three on the roster you're going to need to free up a roster spot probably by freeing up one goaltender. Um, you know, right now when you look at it, you would think it, Eric Comrie would be the odd man out. And I said that on Sabres Life today. And But you don't know. You know, the easy move may be to just have Levi go to Rochester because he doesn't have to clear waivers. Maybe you wait for another opportunity to make another roster move. But um, I think Levi has been fine since coming back from Rochester. Tonight, I mean, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Miscoverage in front of him and you know, three power play goals, so not not pinning that one on him for sure. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right, that was Sabres, former Sabre goaltender, Marty Baran, of course, from Sabres TV, joining me during our intermission tonight. Uh, we want to give you his thoughts on the Sabre power play and also maybe the upcoming move uh, Kevin Adams may have to make here overnight uh, into the next day regarding the roster with the Sabres, uh, with the roster freeze for the league ending tonight at 12.01 a.m. Uh, we'll see uh, maybe what the move is and whether that will involve a goaltender. Uh, as he said, the options are maybe you wave Comrie, maybe Levi goes to Rochester. We'll see uh, what happens here with Kevin Adams over the next few hours. Well, the Sabres tonight fall in front of a sellout, 19,070 at KeyBank Center. Saw Buffalo lose 4-1. to one. They'll be back at home here Saturday at 5. I'll have the pregame at 4. 
It's the Sabres and the Blue Jackets on Saturday. Hope you can be with us then right here on the Sabres Radio Network. And with that, we're going to say goodnight to you. I want to thank our crew, TJ Luckman, our network producer back in our Amber Studios. Thank you very much, TJ. The crew here at KeyBank Center, Pat Malacarl, Paul Hamilton, Jonathan Koziel, Tom Maddie was our engineer, Mike Shope was on the pregame, and for our game announcers, Dan Dunleavy and Rob Ray. I'm Brian Koziel. Thank you for listening. Again, the final, Boston 4, Buffalo 1. This has been the Upstate Honda Dealers postgame. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you Saturday with the Sabres and the Blue Jackets right here on the Buffalo Sabres Radio Network. Good night, everyone. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.